Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. Let's dive into Think Like Jesus. And I would like to begin this morning with a, with a uh, story that I read this week about a woman named Sita, okay? Sita was traveling to another city to see a friend of hers who had just moved into a new house, and so she was bringing a housewarming gift, and she was staying in a hotel, and she had her young son with her, so she hadn't had the time to go shopping, but she, this hotel was kind of nice, and she noticed all the bath products in the bathroom were really nice, okay? So she got some soaps and shampoos and some body lotion, and she put them in a little bag and got a ribbon from the front desk and put it on there and thought, this would be a nice gift, right? So she goes to see her friend and greets her and gives her the gift. Her friend is delighted It says, oh my goodness, this is so nice, and asks a question Sita wasn't ready for, where did you buy this? And she's, she kind of stammered for a minute, like, oh, uh, I got it in the hotel gift shop, to which her little innocent son said, no, mommy, you got it out of the bathroom. <laughs> really called her out. So you can only imagine the awkward, um, embarrassing stares on both of the women looking at each other. After about a second, Sita smiles and says, I'm so sorry. She apologized. Her, her friend forgives her. And arguably, this is a very trivial situation, really trivial moment, and, and really, it is. But it did communicate something to seat this friend, and here's what it communicated. She'll lie to you when it suits her needs, <laughs> right? And what's interesting here is that before we're too quick to judge Sita, we have all been in a situation like this, haven't we? And, and, and what's interesting is that this moment, from this moment forward, whatever level of trust there were between these two women, it just got eroded a little bit, right? It just went down. So Sita's friend from now on will say, I'm gonna think twice before I share anything with Sita uh, or ask her opinion or trust anything she's telling me because I'm not sure if she's lying to me again unless I catch her in it, right? Now, before we're too quick to judge that, this has happened to all of us at times. Um, and uh, think about it like this. We have, um, you may not be a thief, you may not be a murderer, but we have all been liars at some point or another in our life. We have twisted the truth, we have embellished, we have changed it up, we have made it suit our need in the moment. Now, why do we do this? What is it we're hoping to gain? What is it that, that, that's causing, motivating these deceptions, okay? Here it is. We lie to, for a couple different reasons. First, to avoid embarrassment. Maybe it's like, I want to spare their feelings. I don't want to really hurt their feelings. So, you know, they would handle a lie better than the truth. So I'm going to go ahead and decide for them that they need to live with a lie rather than the truth. And sometimes that motivates us to not tell the truth. Secondly, sometimes we just embellish the accomplishments of our life. 
Like, it, it's not that we felt like we outright lied. Part of it may be true, but it's kind of like the proverbial fish story. Like every time you tell the story, the fish gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And before you know it, you're telling a story that, you know, let's be honest, it's not true, <laughs> right? Um, and we've all done that before. We're, it, we're, we're, we're changing the facts a little bit because guess what? It makes this guy or this girl look really good in the end. Or maybe we are embellishing, we're lying uh, to hide faults and weaknesses. Like, like let's, let's spotlight that. Look over here, look over here so you don't see the faults and the weaknesses. I don't want you to really see that, so I'm trying to get you to look over here. And we have all done this at times. It allows us, in, in a sense, to influence See, we, we gain greater uh, um, acceptance from people when we feel like we're well thought of. And if we're well thought of, then it gives us a little more influence over people and we can use that influence to get what we want. And we don't even realize this is all happening in our heads sometimes, but it is a twisted way of using people to get what we want. Now, now Jesus here is, what we're gonna see in just a minute, um, he has been challenging us over and over. Um, to not settle for the status quo of our world. As a matter of fact, Jesus is um, over and over showing us that to live in his kingdom, we have to have a whole new way of thinking. And it has to start not, not with the outward behavior, but with the heart behind the, um, b- behind the outward, okay? So um, I tell you what, let's move on to that next slide if we can here. Can we do that? Okay, Um, here we go. All right, so Jesus is talking about that new heart, that heart that God wants in us in the kingdom. He says it is righteous. It's righteousness. That's the kind of heart that he's calling us to. And he talks about this over and over and over. And here's what he means by righteous. And he, we see this throughout his public ministry, the things that he taught, and his, his uh, the way he treated people. It, it starts with the right love for God, which leads to a right relationship with God and other people. And ultimately, it produces right actions in us. But don't miss the fact that it starts with the right heart, the right love for God. And today we're going to be looking at another one of these six critical life situations where Jesus says, you've heard it said, but I say unto you. You've heard it said, but I say unto you. And today we're going to be looking at the fact that he's saying being a person of your word is something that we should not leave as an optional um, side entree to life that really we need to make sure we're embracing, we're living it out, and it isn't easy. It is a commitment. Now, here's the question I want you to think about with me. Have you ever been lied to? Anybody here? Maybe it was a salesperson to get you to buy something. It was a family or friend to get you to say yes and go along and just don't argue. Just shut up and do what we want, right? Or maybe you were on a date and somebody just lied to you on a date to get you to do something they wanted, okay? But either be as it may, it was, it was false information. Now here's the, question, the follow-up question. How did you feel when you learned that they had misled you, Right? What, what, is, what was the e- emotion that it evoked? Go ahead, just say it right out loud. Hurt. What? Hurt. Hurt, yes. Anger, right? Somebody in the first service said disgust. Yeah, you feel disgusted. Like, I can't believe you would do that, right? It, it, it goes all over you. It's frustrating. 
They got you to do something you wouldn't have never done. They got you to buy something you would have never bought if you had known the truth, right? And that anger is hard to get rid of. It's hard to shake because it's, it's an anger from betrayal, and that's what lies do. Lying or bearing false witness, as sometimes it's said in Scripture, it always breaks relationships. It destroys. It pushes people away. It drives wedges. It's part of the reason why God's saying don't do it. Don't do it in the Old Testament. Don't do it in the New Testament. Don't do it now. Don't do it then. Don't ever do it. Because that betrayal causes us to be so frustrated with other people, we stop trusting them. And we would say, for good reason, right? I'm not trusting that guy or that girl anymore. And what happens sometimes is we don't stop with them. Because people sometimes represent groups of people. So now I don't ever trust a salesperson again. Or now I don't trust men or I don't trust women anymore. And sometimes people say, I don't trust people anymore. I just stop trusting anybody. Because why? Somebody betrayed my trust. Somebody lied to me, deceived me, and got me to do something. I felt like a fool and I was disgusted. I was angry. I was frustrated over what happened. And so I want you to think about that today because we have all stood on both sides of a deception, right? We've been the deceiver and we've been the deceived. The deceiver always justifies it by saying, well, as long as they don't find out, as long as they don't know the lie is a lie, then we're good. Like they're good, like it's not gonna hurt them. What they don't know, no one hurt them. It's a lie, that is a lie. That is false. And most of the time, people do find out, and they don't tell you they found out. They just don't ever come around, and they don't trust you anymore. And they're hurt by you. And this is what happens. But the moment you put yourself in the deceived shoes, you begin to understand this is detrimental. This is hurtful. This is something we can't continue to live like this. It's destructive. As a matter of fact, I bet all of us would agree with this next statement, all of us. Many of our problems today, our problems politically, our, our problems in the business world, our problems relationally, our problems maritally within our marriages, right? Many of our problems today can be traced back to someone whose word could not be trusted. Would you agree with that? Yes or no? Yeah, wouldn't you think? That, like that's, that, that's kind of an indisputable statement, right? Like that, yes, absolutely. We cannot make our world work, our society work, let alone the church, the kingdom of God work. This is Jesus, who he's gonna show us in just a minute, without truth. Like Jesus is, is really helping us to understand this is powerful and we need to be able to start thinking about how this plays out in our life. This is why we spend so much money on contracts and laws, so much energy on it to get people to do what they should, to get people to do what they committed to do in the first place, right? So Jesus is gonna give us a solution to this problem. Starting in Matthew chapter five, verse 33. Let's take a look at that together. Jesus says, again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows that you have made. Now Jesus is talking about commitments, promises, oaths, vows that we make even to each other, that God is actually involved in this. 
that whether you meant to or not, he is a part of that commitment and he's going to hold us to it. Where do you, where, what Old Testament law is he referencing here? Well, it's, it's mentioned several places in the Old Testament. I want to look at one that's very explicit. Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 21. That Moses here writing this book under the inspiration of God says, if you make a, let's say, a, a vow to the Lord your God, don't be slow in paying it back, fulfilling it. Right? For the Lord your God will certainly demand it of you, and you will be guilty of, let's say it together, of sin. God doesn't take promises, commitments, and statements of, of truth, where intended to be truthful statements, doesn't take them lightly. And Jesus is saying, I want you to think about what's coming out of your mouth. As a matter of fact, there's another place in Matthew 12, 34, where Jesus is very explicit as he's talking to the Pharisees, he says that the mouth speaks an overflow of the heart. Again, he's taking it back to the heart. It's a heart issue. What's coming out of your mouth is telling us about something that's in your heart. And sometimes there's some twisted stuff that needs to be dealt with. And back in Jesus' day, it was no different. The big problem in Jesus' day was deceptive swearing. This happened all the time. It's kind of like, you know, back when you were kids and you would promise something, but you had your fingers crossed, and you're like, ah, uh, this doesn't count because uh, I had my fingers crossed. So you could promise all kinds of stuff to your friends and go, ha look at that. And your friends, you know, I guess they're supposed to go, oh, you got me there. Wow. I'm just a fool. No, they want to pound you for doing that to them, right? Yeah, but that was happening in Jesus' day too. And it was being like permission giving was happening from the Pharisees, the religious leaders. And it kind of went something like this. As long as you didn't evoke, invoke the name of God in your promise, you're good. It's not binding. So you could say, uh, I promise on, you know, heaven, as long as you didn't say the God of heaven. You could say, I promise, you know, or I swear, or I give an oath on earth as long as you didn't say the Lord of earth. Or you could say on Jerusalem as long as you didn't say the, the, the city of the great king. Like, and Jesus was saying, no, this is not okay. This is deceptive. As a matter of fact, Jesus would go a step further and say, this is a heart issue that's going on here because you're deceiving one another. You're trying to get from them by deceiving them in a way that is hurting. It's hurting the relationship and it's disrespecting these people, as we're gonna look in a little bit, that were made in the image of God. And Jesus was not, never okay with that. So he tells us, this is the way I want you to begin to think about this. So he goes on to say, in the next part of the verse, he says, but I say to you, now he says, you've heard it said, right? Keep your vows to God, but I say unto you, do not take an oath at all either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Like, I, I want you to stop doing this. Now, um, as I looked at kind of the, the, the textual criticism around this passage, um, most scholars would say it wasn't that Jesus was necessarily saying carte blanche, don't ever take an oath, even in a court of law or ever, like, because there's sometimes an oath is needed to make people tell the truth that are prone to lie. Unless they feel the fear of I'm going to break the law and perjure myself, I'm going to tell the truth. 
They, they won't tell the truth unless there's some pressure on them. But what Jesus' point was, as the people of God, people of the citizens of heaven, people who are followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus, you shouldn't need oaths. You should always tell the truth anyway. This was Jesus' point. He's saying you shouldn't have to have it, regardless of the situation, that you're committed to tell the truth. It's, it's, it's not that he was, you know, circling back to, uh, to, to, to make us avoid oath altogether, but he is telling us, I, want us, I want, do not want this to be a regular part of your life. This is where Jesus is saying, so instead, here's what I want you to do, verse 37. He says, let what you say be simply, let's say it together, simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil, right? He's saying, listen, I don't want you to go out strengthening your statements. We do this sometimes. I know nobody wants to admit this at church, but we use vulgar language. We use harsh language. We evoke the name of God. We use his name to damn people and things sometimes. We use the name Jesus Christ as a curse word. We, I'll swear on a stack of Bible, by God, you better believe I'm gonna blah, blah, blah. We don't use those as much anymore, but some of those statements are still with us in different forms. It's any kind of vulgar language where we're trying to borrow, we're trying to leverage authority on our words to make us sound bigger and badder than we are so that people will just believe us and go along. And we do this all the time. Every movie you watch or most shows, and like it's just a part of our culture to do this. And Jesus is saying, I want you to stop doing that. Anything more than a yes or no is manipulation. Anything more than yes or no is manipulation to try to get people to do what you want. And it is a misusing of God's name when God's name or God is used as a part of that. And this is commandment number three, Exodus chapter 20, right? Don't misuse the name of God. It's really important. Jesus was like, I don't, I, if you have the right love for God, the right relationship with him and other people, the natural outflowing of action is you're going to tell the truth to people. And you're not going to use God and his name and anything about him, his creation, to get people to do it they wouldn't otherwise do if you just told them the truth. So what is evil? What evil is Jesus talking about here? Let's go a little deeper. deeper. Because he says anything, anything more than yes or no, it comes from evil. And what he's talking about is the essence of swearing or distorting the truth and making oaths is an attempt to get others to believe you and to let you have your way, right? That, that's, just, that's pretty much what is happening when we do that. And he's showing us this is wrong, and here's why. Lying, swearing, making oaths are all attempts at bypassing people's understanding in order to use them for our purposes. Because whatever consent they gave us, whatever yes you got from them, wasn't based on factual, truthful information. It was based on a distorted version of some part of truth that we gave them so that we would get the yes. Because we wanted to make the sale. We wanted to get the yes. We wanted to get what we wanted. And this is something we gotta really come to terms with in our own heart because some of us justify this often if we're not careful. We just want so bad to be thought of 
and admired and looked at with envy or we want to be well respected so we spin it a little bit we we move the facts around a little bit especially if you're in a field where you are selling something you're selling a good or service to to the public I'm not saying that everybody who's in sales is deceiving, but I'm just saying there's a greater uh, temptation, okay? Or if you're selling ideas, even like in politics, we're selling, that's, we're selling ideas in this country politically. And when people take the facts and they twist them to make people get on board or to get them to say yes or to make the buy, what do we call people like that? We call them spin doctors, don't we? because you're not getting the straight truth from them, right? You're, you're, you're getting a distortion of the truth. You don't, they don't give you a straightforward, clear access to the truth. They spin it to suit their needs, just like Sita did in that story I told at the beginning. And we all have been guilty of doing this at times. Jesus is simply saying to each one of us, never spin the truth in order to persuade people to do what you want. Don't do it. Even if, and I know this is a huge temptation for moms and dads out there, right? Or if you're somebody who's an aunt, uncle, grandmother, grandfather, you're somebody who loves desperately, and you're thinking, oh, I wanna, I wanna, if I could just, even though I'm kind of distorting, I'm gonna get them to say yes because I'm doing this for their best interest, Will. I'm, I'm getting them to say yes to the right thing for, for their own good. But guess what? Later when they find out that you distorted, that, they, that you lied to them, they'll resent you for it. And they, you may it'll at least erode the relationship. You might lose it. It hurts things. Jesus is showing us God is always on the side of truth. Stick with the truth. Stick with it. I don't care. You're going to have to pay a price, but you stick with it. Don't, don't give up. And stop disrespecting other people who are made in the image of God by lying to them and, and misrepresenting the truth. Jesus always honored the dignity of people and their choices around them, even if, and especially if, he knew they were wrong. Don't you know Jesus of all people could have justified to like, I know what's best for you. So I'm gonna tell you whatever I need to to get you to say yes, to move in the right direction. But he didn't do this. As you look back through the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Jesus never uses his power to manipulate and coerce people to do what he wanted. He let them choose and he respected the choice, even when it was wrong. I love this quote from Dr. Dallas Willard, pastor, philosopher, theologian, in writing about this topic. He had this beautiful observation, as God's free creatures, people are to be left to make their decisions without coercion or manipulation. Let's just commit that we're not gonna do it. Therefore, what Jesus is teaching us is simple. It's just hard to do. And not many people in our culture and even in the church are willing to do it. But here it is. Present the truth and let your yes be yes, let your no be no. Anything more than this comes from the evil intent to get our way by verbal manipulation of the thoughts and choices of others. 
And Jesus is saying, resist the temptation of your culture to do this because everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing this. Make the commitment today, men, to say, I'm going to be a man of truth. I'm going to stand with truth. And I'm going to speak the truth. Women, you will be women of truth. That you're going to speak it. You're going to be careful every time. Men and women, when we're talking, I know there's a temptation sometimes when you're reinterpreting a story to make you look good, right? We all feel it. I feel it. Tell the truth. Be committed to the truth. Even if the truth doesn't always put you in the best light. Tell the truth. People will respect you for it. They will appreciate, because it's so rare. Hardly anybody does it anymore. But we need to respect the choices of others. This is an interesting way to think about this. So think, just go with me on this for a second. This is why God allows there to be a hell. Okay, let me explain that. God is simply respecting the choices of people who have chosen to reject him. He's simply giving them what they have chosen. For someone who has rejected God again and again, repeatedly all throughout their life, to force them to go to a heaven where God's glory and his presence is radiating everywhere, that would be a form of hell for a person like that. And Jesus is simply saying, I'm not going to force you into what some might describe as an abusive relationship, where you're coming whether you want to or not. You know, he's going to respect the choices of people. And he's asking us to do the same. Jesus teaches us we must respect the choices of others even if we completely disagree with them. This is important. To provide them with the truth and let them decide. And, and here's an important part that I am still learning as a pastor because I, I tend to drag onto myself, and maybe you feel this way too, the, the poor decisions of other people that once they choose, do not carry the burden. Don't drag the burden of their bad choices on you. You don't carry that, they do. It's their choice. I have beat myself up if I could just have said it a little differently, if I could have sold it a little bit better, if I could have done this, if I could have done that. God, maybe they would have said yes and it wouldn't have wrecked their life and it wouldn't have gone down. You know what? I feel like Jesus is telling us Respect their decision. That's not on you. Love them. I know it's hard to watch people who are making decisions that are hurting their life, but that's not on you. It's on them. They have the decision. They have a choice to make, and you need to respect that. You see, Jesus offers to us, he offers to us life in his kingdom today. And I want to just encourage you today that you would be willing to just say yes. Yes, Jesus. I'm saying yes to your kingdom I'm saying yes to relationship with you. And the first step in that process is, is letting him rid us of all the sin that has kept us from knowing God and loving him, being in a relationship with him. Jesus, that's part of why he came to earth, to die on the cross, resurrect from the dead so that our sin can be forgiven. But we have to receive that. We have to accept it. We have to take the first step and to begin to say, not only will I receive that from you, Jesus, but I'm gonna begin to follow everything that you said and he tells us straight up, it's not possible without me. What is impossible for people is possible with God. With the Spirit of God in your life, I'll help you. I'm going to give you the strength to do this. It's possible, but you've got to trust me. But you've got to take the first step. 
And for those of you who may say, well, I'm not sure I can trust this kingdom of God. I'm not sure if it's real. I'm not sure if it really is something I could commit to. It, like, how do I know that it's real? It really works. I would say the first step is to begin to take what Jesus taught and put it into practice, and you will find it to be true. You can start right here. Just, just commit today that no more will I be a person of deception. I'm going to be a person of truth. I'm going to let my yes be yes, my no be no from now on. And you will find that is a far superior way to live. And you will find that everything Jesus said is the way in which human beings flourish. It is the best way to live. Jesus was simply showing us how to be set free in a relationship with God in his kingdom now. Not waiting till someday when we die and go to heaven in faith. Now that's wonderful, but he's saying it starts now, right here. The kingdom of heaven. This was the good news. This was the gospel. The kingdom is available to you now, here. This was radical, crazy, unbelievable news to the people who heard it. And it still is. Where Jesus says, let what you say be simply yes or no. Let's begin right here. To be people of truth. Committed to be people of truth. Here's the prayer. I'm asking you to pray with me simply today. Lord, I ask for your help to speak only the truth and stop attempting to manipulate those around me. And, and, and arguably, some of us have been doing this and didn't even realize we were doing it. It just sneaks out of our mouth so often. It's a habit, but habits can be changed. And God will help you. Jesus is saying, this is something I want you to put attention upon. I give you my yes to your kingdom today. And that may be where you are, just to say, Jesus, I'm giving you my yes. And I'm committing to be a person of truth. If you would right now, let's bow in prayer together. And let's just ask God to help us to begin to change the tide of deception that is in our world. We don't have to get swept up in it. We can decide today God, right now, we come before you in prayer. All across this room, would you just tell him, Father in heaven, I commit to you to be a person of truth. No more will I use deceptive swearing, deceptive language, vulgar language, distorting, spinning the truth, the facts, using part, not all, being careful careful to be people of truth, God. Just let the truth mark our lives and that we don't have to swear, we don't have to say, I promise. Lord, people will come to know they are just truthful people. They're loving and truthful. And, and I pray, God, that you would help us right now, that we would make that commitment to resist the temptation to deceive, to distort, to embellish, if you're willing to make that commitment with me right now, would you just, while you're praying, would you just lift your hand? I want to pray for you right now. Anybody here? God bless you. Hands going up. Thank you so much. In the floor, in the balcony. Thank you guys so much. Lord, thank you for the decisions being made right now to say, yes, God, I'm committing. Help me to be a man, a woman of truth. Help me to live this out. It's not always easy. It's going to, it's going to be challenging at times. But yes, I'm committing. I'm committing right now to do this. May you help us, Lord. Give us your strength. Help us to resist the temptation 
to have the courage to face the truth because you are always on the side of truth. Help us to be on your side. We choose it right now. You may lower your hands. But Lord, right now, I pray for any person that can hear my voice online, here in the person, here in person in the room, they would honestly say, I am not living in the kingdom that Jesus came to present, but I want it. I want a personal, intimate love relationship with Jesus. I want to be forgiven of sin. I want to be set free from all the entanglements of sin in this world. I want to be able to live for God. If that is the cry of your heart, would you just pray right where you sit? Just say, right now, Lord Jesus, I ask that you would forgive my sin. I trust you that you can forgive it. You died on the cross, resurrected from the dead as the, the, the son of the living God, the only one who could have done that for us, and you did it. We receive your forgiveness right now, and we ask that you would be the leader, the Lord of our life from this day forward. If you just ask Jesus to be the forgiver of sin and the Lord of your life, would you just boldly as an act of faith right now lift your hand, just say, Will, that's me. I've just asked Christ to take over my life. God bless you, sir. I see you right there. Anybody else giving my life over to Jesus Christ? God bless you, sweetheart, right there. I see you. Anybody else giving it all over to Jesus, holding nothing back? Thank you, Lord. God in heaven. I pray, Father, that you would help us to leave here today with a fresh, renewed, exuberant commitment to say, yes, Lord, even though it may be hard at times, it's going to be challenging at times, but the truth is always worth it. In the end, it is where we want to be. Thank you, Jesus, for your challenge. Help us to live accordingly. We pray it all in the incredible name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.